Hey everyone, this is Nick Smolovsky with Bad Elf. Thank you for having me over to the Geoholics for the Tech Minute. Wanted to review a couple things with you going on around the world in terms of geospatial news. Um, first thing, two weeks ago, ESRI or ESRI had their federal GIS conference in beautiful Washington, D.C. The conference had about 5,000 plus attendees from both government agencies and consultants uh, working with those agencies. If you've never been to the ESRI Federal GIS Conference, it's an amazing opportunity to network with other geospatial professionals. Coincidentally, at the Federal GIS Conference, Bad Elf released our brand new survey grade RTK rover called the Bad Elf Flex. Uh, this unit uh, was widely, uh, it was actually just really re received very, very well. Um, and if you guys are interested, you can look at the Bad Elf website for more information on the Flex. And as I was mentioning, if you've never seen the Federal GIS Conference in Washington, D.C., it is something highly recommended to attend or look into, especially if you're a geospatial professional uh, looking at servicing the federal or state or local governments. Thanks, everybody. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to the Geoholics podcast, or you can reach me directly at Nick, that's N-I-K, N as in Nancy, I as in Igloo, K as in Kilo, at bad-elf.com. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you again. Ready, boys? This is a little quiet tonight. <laughs> Jake's got to turn down a little bit for some reason. Thanks, everybody, for listening to episode 25 of The Geoholics, a podcast produced by and for geomatics professionals, also known as, and I can't believe I'm going with this one because I can't uh, stand the guy, but the Barry Bonds episode. you got to say big head Barry Bonds. Yeah, we'll get into that later. <laughs> um, join the Geoholics fan club. Uh, it's really easy to do. For every $10 you donate to the Geoholics GoFundMe account, you'll receive a Geoholics wristband and have your name mentioned on the next podcast. That song, of course, is Outlaw In-Laws. The name of it is Just Another Outlaw. The, uh, the in-laws are Raphael, Corey, and Clint. And uh, kind of having a hankering to see those guys. It's been a while. We just were right down the street from the Rebel Lounge. I had memories driving by there today. I know, I know. But those guys, those guys are some of the best cow punk you're ever going to hear. <laughs> and they are, they are actually working on a new record as we speak. And all their music is available on Spotify and Apple Music. And uh, they got some really cool videos on YouTube as well. So we absolutely love those guys, and uh, can't thank them enough. Thank, can't thank them enough for allowing us to use their music. Shout out to our friends of the program. First off, we got Advanced Geodetic Surveys, also known as AGS. And these guys are a uh, authorized Trimble dealer and service center selling new and used equipment. And you can also hit them up for short and long-term rentals. Um, the pricing is very, very fair. And in addition to that, they have 24-7 support. Their website is uh, www.agsgps.com. And uh, I can tell you my personal experience with those guys has been nothing nothing but great in the past. Bought quite a bit of equipment from them. So check out AGS. And beyond that, we have Bad Elf GPS. Uh, Larry, Nick, and the Bad Elf boys, they're beginning to ship out the Bad Elf Flex GNSS receiver. It's a game changer, boys. Price point, you can't beat it. You know, you can... 
Nick uh, told us all about it. So if you want some more information, go check it out at bad-elf.com slash flex. Absolutely. And uh, uh, shameless plug, we uh, uh-huh. Nick and Larry were presenters at the US of AZ meeting last Friday and uh, did a great job presenting the flex. Uh, I'm actually going to reach out to those guys and and check one out for a week or so. I mean, like like uh, Big Shoot said, the price point is un- unbelievable. For under like 5K, you can have a uh, an RTK receiver survey grade. So uh, like he said, check it out. Lance Rivers United, Justin Farrell, he uh, continues to build this web-based community of over, gosh, probably close to 17,000 surveyors and geomatics professionals now. And uh, these, these hubs that he's creating are really taking off, and they're a great tool. So... I would highly recommend checking uh, checking out that website if, if if you're not already. I mean, this is a website you should be looking at every single day, in my opinion. And that website is landsurveyorsunited.com. And then we can't forget about Unifly. Scott Ohana reached out to us after the last episode and corrected me when I said Ohana means welcome. He said, no, it means family. And then he went on to tell me that I need to watch Lilo and Stitch. So I know what... Uh, Hudson and I will be doing on the Disney Plus this weekend, but uh, him and his team's vision is to unify drone surveying, data management, and CAD conversion under one badly needed umbrella. To reach out to them, it's unifly, U-N-I-F-L-I dot arrow, A-E-R-O. Good job, Shoots. Are you going to wear uh, Lilo and Stitch underwear after this? I don't know. Possibly. I've never seen that one before. I've been... <laughs> I think what you are mis- mixing up there was... Uh... Mahalo. Mahalo? That, That's that, like, that thank could you. Be. Ohana, Hi, mahalo, welcome. what the hell? Well, Doesn't they have matter. like one word for like 10 different words, and you know, it could get a little confusing. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, Parkland College Land Survey Program in Champaign, Illinois. Corey Allred and his staff are developing a dynamic program suited for anybody interested in furthering their career as a land survey professional. This is uh, one of just a few opportunities to build your skill set, and work with some uh, some experts in the field. So if you want to check this out, it's parkland.edu forward slash surveying. With that, uh, we're not at Social Hall tonight. We've switched it up a bit. We're back at Helton Brewing Company. Um, love coming here. Uh, this is actually the first time we're videoing this uh, this episode. So on Sunday, when this episode gets released on, uh, on all the uh, podcast platforms, it's also going to be released on our new our shiny new YouTube channel. So look out for that. We'll, we'll be posting some links to it and stuff like that. So, but again, you know, thanks to Brian Helton. Um, he's had some pretty exciting things recently. He's, uh, he's now statewide distribution. And unfortunately, he's not here tonight to brag about that a little bit. But I can tell you right now, it's pretty exciting to see all his beer in uh, local liquor stores and stuff like that. So congrats, Brian. Uh, Well-deserved. And thanks again for allowing us to be here. Let's catch up with the fellas a little bit here. Producer Jake, uh, what's up, bro? How's it going, guys? Bro. <laughs> what's up, <laughs> How bro? You been? That came out of nowhere. <laughs> hey, so I noticed something. I was going to talk, talk to you guys about it. With all the stuff in the news recently, I just noticed that everything like news-related now is so negative. Like When you look at like the corona and stuff that's going on right now and like the stock market the past couple of days, like you go in and you open up like these news apps and like Google News and stuff and check it out, and it's just like all these bad, 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 bad things. Like you know, never really see anything positive. It's like people dying wherever, murders, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, exactly. Trial. He's like guilty now. Like, isn't that kind of crazy? How everything Are you is going like, to start a new news channel? That's what I'm saying. We got to get something to where it's like we just promote positive news. So Producer Jake's positive news channel. Yeah. 
There's pie. a market. <laughs> I, well, actually, there isn't a market because no one want, no one's interested in anything good, right? It's we not salacious. Wanna, we want to feed off that negativity. So you, like, can, you can call it good news. There you go. Goodnews.com. I'm sure that Trademark website that. is readily available. Goodnews.com. Good Nobody wants com. it. Trademark. <laughs> that would be hilarious. But yeah, other than that, I've just been noticing the other couple over the past couple of days, so I thought I was going to bring that up. So. Way to bring us down. Sorry. Let's uh, bring it back up. Goodnews.com. I, Ryan, I, I can doing? bring it back up, boys. What what started on Saturday? Uh, spring training. That is what I'm talking about. Yes, Life sir. is good again. Life is good. Uh, unfortunately, we had some rain here on Saturday, so it was a little delayed. It was. I know the Cubs game was scheduled for like a 2 or 1 o'clock start, I think, and they uh, rescheduled it to a night game and got it in. Ooh. Did, yep. Were you there? I was not. The Groster didn't show, huh? I, well, no. I had a uh, I had a, a previous commitment that I'll discuss here in a minute. Oh boy, I'll let you. I'll let you get to it. I had a pretty boring week, other than uh, just the excitement of golfing and baseball starting. That's all I need. <laughs> You're a simple man. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, I had a very strange week. Um, so. On my way home last Tuesday after the podcast, I'm driving home, driving up the 51, which is a north-south uh, freeway here in Phoenix, and it's about 8.30 at night, I'm about ready to get off on my exit, and all of a sudden these two cars come flying by me, going northbound, and I'm going 65, 70 miles an hour, and these guys went by me like I was literally standing still. I mean, they were going 120 miles plus. Mile. I've never seen cars drive this fast before. It was unbelievable. So... I'm like, oh my God, those guys are going to kill somebody. You know, they're weaving in and out of traffic and stuff like this. So I get off, you know, whatever. Next thing I know on the news, there's uh, breaking news. You know, there's this accident on the 51. And sure as shit, the car that was leading of these two cars, like two exits ahead of where I got off, lost control, hit the bridge embankment and died right there on the spot. 18-year-old kid. There's some good news for you, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but it was, so it, it was weird. But, so I guess... I'll, I'll finish this with some good news. So that was my that was my Tuesday night, and I think it was Thursday. I was driving to uh, drop some stuff off at Allen Instruments, free plug. Don't get used to it in Scottsdale. And after I left there, I'm driving, you know, down one of the roads, and all this police tape and everything like that, and cops everywhere. I'm like, what the hell? And sure enough, there's this guy laying in the road dead. He apparently got hit by a drunk driver, like 8:30 in the morning. So I'm like, this is so weird to kind of put things into perspective, you know, on Tuesday night, I see this kid, now I know he's 18, flying by me three minutes before his life's going to be over. Really bizarre. And then on Thursday, I drive by and I see this other dead guy. So I don't know why these dead people, whatever, were a part of my life last week, but that it was, was very bizarre. Yeah. That was very bizarre. <laughs> Listen, no, the good news is, real quick, <laughs> and I can't believe uh, producer Jake didn't mention it, we went to the Coyotes game on Saturday night. Myself and producer Jake, uh, my daughter McKenna and her boyfriend, Dr. Will, and we all put, because Jake's got a bookie, of course, we all put 25 bucks, we all put 25 bucks in the Coyotes. Big underdogs for the night. (laughs) Yeah, they were plus 155. They were playing Tampa Bay. Tampa, like number two, uh, number two team in the league, so... Coyotes, it was a great, great game, ended up winning the game 7-3, and uh, all of us won each one 38 bucks. So it's a good night. Great night. Couldn't See, ask for anything better than that. Good news. <laughs> yeah, there's your good news. There's the good news. Yes, end it with some good news, right? All right. We went. I don't think that good really counterbalanced all that. Bad. <laughs> are you kidding me? I don't know. Hey, 38 bucks? Come on. <laughs> Two dead people that are 38 bucks. any day. <laughs> it was the game of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Let's move on to our safety share. Of course, our safety share is sponsored by Safety Apparel. I kind of butchered this last week. But uh, Matthew Stansberry and his team, has, uh, they've completely reinvented 
safety apparel, especially vests. They have a, uh, a particular vest called the uh, the Party Chief, and this thing is top notch. Quality is unbelievable. Um, they've, uh, as they say, they've seen it all, used it all, broke it all, and fixed it all, and modified it to be the best vest available. And I 100% agree. All my guys wear the. Uh, the, the the party chief vest and it's it's the best one on the market to be honest with you and you can check out their website at safetyapparel.us okay our safety share for this week is the fun subject marijuana use signs and effects so i've been smoking a lot of pot lately yeah no i'm kidding <laughs> just you're just letting it out there huh <laughs> i'm just kidding so despite you know all the media and articles and proponents for legalization uh, marijuana is addictive and it creates an impaired condition that can be dangerous. And obviously, you know, more and more states are legalizing it. I think most states right now, it's legal for medicinal purposes. There's a number of states that it's just flat out legal. Um, Arizona is a medical state. We yes, don't have Arizona a flat medical out state. Legal. Yep. Go to Vegas if you really want to recreationally use it. Maybe Denver. Yep. Yep. So this is, you know, just some reminders, you know, some of the physical changes that you might notice in somebody who's been smoking marijuana, um, you know, bloodshot eyes, fast heart rate, sleepy and lethargic, um, lack of coordination, increased cravings for snacks. That's called the munchies. The munchies. <laughs> and there's also some noticeable changes in actions you can look for. I mean, physically like bloodshot eyes, um, again, a racing heartbeat. They're very... Very, um, very sleepy. Very sleepy. And uh, I, it's like I, I copied and pasted the same thing twice. Wow. Like, oh. That's sleepy and lethargic. Uh, if that was the only one, people would think I'm just high all the time. Yeah, right. <laughs> that right. is how I go through life. Sleepy and lethargic. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and of course, marijuana relaxes inhibitions and causes an artificial sense of well-being that is completely unrelated to one's surroundings or situation. So a person may feel that he has a more vivid sense of taste, sight, smell, and hearing. He will probably be less in control of his own concentration or ability to form complete thoughts or express his ideas. He will be less able to absorb or retain information, which impedes his ability to learn, of course. So those are some things that you really need to be aware of. And of course, a marijuana's user's perceptions of time and space are distorted, which can make a, a stone person a dangerous driver. So again, in these states where it's legal, um, you know, I mean, if, if you work with somebody that is partaking in this, you know, I'm, I, I'm not sure exactly how the laws work as it pertains to, you know, having it in your system at work. I, I have to believe it's still illegal. But those are some things that you can look out for and just make note of. And if you notice any of those things happening, it might be a good idea to bring it to somebody's attention. Well, I know how they like test for drunk driving with your breathalyzer or take your blood and everything. But like that eventually gets out of your system in a reasonable time, but doesn't marijuana stay in your system for a, a long time? How do they test that for I driving can, under the influence of marijuana? I think they can look at your tongue or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> something about your taste buds <laughs> look at or your, something. Yeah, your, your bloodshot eyes, flat, fast heart rate. They're yeah, just right. like checking your pulse, and they're like, oh, yep, yeah, he's high. And you got like both hands and bags of Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. With that, let's uh, let's get on to our guest tonight. Let's um, get to the exciting part. Yeah, yeah. I know Big Shoots is really excited for this one as well. So our guest tonight is Larry Cholera. And Larry was born in New York, and he grew up in New York. And uh, he told me right before the show that he spent like over 40 years in Arizona. What so. part of New York? I was born in uh, Bay Ridge. Okay. Brooklyn. Ah. Uh. Brooklyn. He's got the accent to prove it. Uh, you went to U of A, so went, go, went go Cats. A, go Cats, yep. No. Awesome, awesome. Ugh. So my oldest daughter went to U of A, and my youngest daughter goes to ASU. So. His younger, smarter daughter went to ASU. <laughs> and Jake, of course, he's a, he's a, he's a devil. 
and you're your drummer in a Beatles tribute band. Yes. Are you yes. more of a Pete Best or a Ringo? I'm more of a Ringo. Okay. That is uh, awesome. Yeah. Hard Days Night, H uh, A R D, and then D A Z E N I T E. That's ah. so cool. You, so you guys play locally and stuff? We play locally, yep. We play uh, actually every other Sunday at a new place called Tributes. Okay. It's on 59th Avenue in Union Hills. Right on. We do breakfast with the Beatles. He, two hours with the uh, no uh, hefty, beautiful brunch. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, my gosh. Really, really to, awesome. Uh, I'll have to check that out for that's, sure. I love the Beatles. What's your favorite Beatles song? Boy, that's a loaded question. It is a loaded uh, you question. Know, it, it I have on, one. Depends on what week it is. Uh, <laughs> really? You know, uh, yeah. but what's yours? Go ahead. Uh, Dear Prudence. Okay. that's And that's, you know, people say all the time. Do you play this? Do you play that? And I found out just on the way here tonight yeah. that the Beatles recorded 1,584 songs. Unbelievable. And you try to squeeze something in in two hours, and they're like, well, you missed this one. I'm like, well, <laughs> missed a lot more than just that one. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So that's got to be a lot of work. Do you have to spend a lot of time practicing, or are you guys just like so dialed in at this point that you just show up and put on a great show? You know, we're pretty dialed in right now, um, but it does take work. Uh, yeah. Their harmonies were ridiculous, and to try to match those, uh, we don't look anything like them. Obviously, you're looking at me right now. Uh, but we have been told that we sound exactly like them. Wow. I'm so. definitely going to come check you guys out. Sounds like a Geoholics outing, boys. It there you go. Does indeed. Absolutely. Uh, favorite team is the Yankees. Oh, yep. That's even yep. worse than yep. U of A. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of funny. So me being from Chicago, you know, of course, you're either a Cubs fan or a Sox fan. I'm a right. Cubs fan. Um, so in New York, I have to believe it's the same thing. Mets or Yankees. Yep. Yep. Is it like a... Like in Chicago, it's like north side, south side. Is it? Yeah. Is it geographically or <laughs> yep. something like that? Is it uh, like? Brooklyn, Manhattan, Yankees, uh, Queens, mm -hmm. the, the Mets. We're a little more Long blue, Island. We're a little Mets. more blue collar. Yeah. <laughs> is that, that kind of how it is, really? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So in Chicago, it's like the Sox are the blue collar team, and the Cubs are, you know, just the party crew that really could give a shit about baseball, but they like to be at Wrigley. Right. Wrigley's the best stadium, I think. Well, I got to go at maybe Fenway above Wrigley, but they're close. Yeah, I went to Fenway last year for the first time, and I would agree. They're yep. close. They're really I, close. I had a great time, and uh, what an amazing experience that was. I agree. The um, place is a museum as much as a baseball field. It is indeed. It's impressive. You could feel the ghosts. Yeah, oh, for <laughs> sure. When they sing um, Sweet Caroline. Sweet Caroline, Caroline, yep. Oh, my God. I'm like, I just want to come back just for that. It's such a cool atmosphere, but fantastic. And uh, currently, you're, you're the vice president of... An insurance company that yeah. does commercial, commercial insurance. insurance. Yeah. You've yeah. been doing that for quite some time? Yeah. A um, lot of years. I'm not going to give my age up. A lot of years. Right on. Um, good. That's I'm going to put the over-under on his yeah, age at 29. <laughs> good job. I'll take that one. I'll take, that I'll take one. the over. <laughs> so funny story about Larry, and this is kind of how he got, got in touch with him. Um, so he lived... I don't know. I have no idea how long ago this was, but it was a number of years ago. Lived in the same apartment complex as the lovely Megan. That's how we refer to Megan on the show. Okay. Okay. And uh, and actually was the matchmaker responsible for connecting our good friends Scott and Pam Sankster. Yep, that was me. So just give me like the thirty second story. How did that happen? Um, I went to a Cardinals game, which I rarely do, uh, and I had a bunch of buddies of mine that had way too much alcohol and we were partaking in the after party in the post game, you know, in the parking lot. And Scott and his buddies were all posted up 
And we all start talking. We got along great. And then they said, come on, we want to take you out to dinner with us tonight. We love you. And I was like, I'm all in. So we went to the Italian Grotto in Scottsdale. And um, I told Scott, I said, you have to meet my friend, Ma- um, not Megan, um, Pam. Yeah. And the next night we all went out together and they've been together ever since. That's awesome. And they're so great. Some of the best people you're ever going to meet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Scott was there with all his like Canadian buddies, oh, right? Oh, boy. I'd never seen so much <laughs> alcohol consumed in my life. And I've been around a lot of uh, a lot of drunks. We uh, Not this last waste management, but the one last year's waste management. We went and sat in a box with those guys and he had a bunch of his Canadian buddies there and stuff. And. It did not end up well for me, I can tell you that. Uh, that's a good place to uh, bring <laughs> some drunks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but man, such good people. That's a great story, and uh, I'm sure they're, they're, they were so excited. You're like, oh my God, you got to get Larry on your podcast. You got to get Larry on your podcast. He's such a great guy, so I'm glad it worked out, and we appreciate you being oh, here. Oh, no problem. No problem. Let's talk a little bit about baseball. You know, that's a passion of yours. Um, yep. You played a little bit. Played a little bit. I was in the Yankee organization. Cool. Um, briefly. Yep. Uh, stayed on board as a scout slash coach whatever you want to whatever role they gave you yeah um got to meet some great people that's awesome uh, they kept me on they said not because i was good because i was knowledgeable right on i, re- I retained a lot of stuff and uh remember a lot and uh yeah a lot i of- seem to understand the game the way it's supposed to be played and yeah did you so did you played in college yeah I played in college and then you know a couple years after okay so you played did you play at u of a then u of a yeah oh wow okay that's, cool. a, that's a storied school for for baseball. Yep, yep. Yeah, they've had some good years for sure. Yep, yep. Absolutely. Um, so, you're correct. I, I know you're still, you know, from what what you've said, um, you're still buddies with a lot of these guys, and oh yeah, you 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 somehow enter like kind of weaved yourself into the MLB fabric. It seems like a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm ingrained right in the heart of it. So how did like how did that happen? Just because you're such a good guy. Uh, that's that, part of it. I'm going to have to guess that's what it was. <laughs> I was just, you know, that I, you know, I played a little bit and, you know, my size, as you can see, I'm not very big. So, uh, it's kind of like the opposite of when a six foot eight guy walks in the locker room, they go, wow, look at this guy. It's no different. You know, walk in, it's like, who is this guy? Is he the new laundry guy? Is he going to you know, get a shopping cart and clean everything for us? <laughs> so you make an impression that way. And, you know, I just tried to stick around as long as I could because I knew it wasn't going to last real long. And then, you know, they kept me on board to do some scouting and stuff. And uh, I just made friends along the way and uh, friends from Mickey Mantle, Yogi Berra. Uh, you ever walk into my house, it looks like the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Hence, probably one of the reasons why I'm not married, because I refuse to take the stuff down. <laughs> That's great. I did notice when we started this thing. He he brought the hardware out tonight. Did you notice this? No, look at look at this thing. I saw that. What the? What is? It's look at that 90, thing. Ninety nine World Series. Are oh you my. serious? I I am oh I'm like God. I'm fascinated. I'm staring at it the whole time. I'm slightly distracted. It's got I the, am too. It's got the wrong NY on it, but you know, it's still going to be a great picture. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> there you go. That is awesome. So, what's the? Uh, maybe you just answered my question. What was the highlight of your your actual MLB career? You know, there isn't one. Um, meeting, getting to meet all the people. I mean, you know, I, I could sit here and tell you the first time that I met Mickey Mantle in Oklahoma, I was starstruck. But within three minutes, he made you feel like he wasn't even a ball player. He was just another guy talking to you about everything else. But, you know, uh, meeting, you know, I met Yogi a thousand times. Hearing, you know, li- actually living the stories that you hear 
he really does say what he says. Uh, and I lived it. You know, I've there were a couple of times I had to look around and go, did he really say that? Yeah. You know, uh, they, they have whole books of that stuff that yeah, he says. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no one. You can't pinpoint just one story or one, you know, one time. I mean, it's just it's just been one whirlwind wow. and it continues. Wow. It continues. Good for you. I mean, you've been blessed in so many ways, obviously. Yeah. Um, and what, I mean, I think one of the things is and I, I think that these players, when you meet them, they want to be treated like an everyday, everyday Joe. You know what I mean? I mean, they don't want to be put up on a pedestal, at least not the ones you want to really become friends with. Right. And I have to believe that, you know, you didn't like ooh and ah over them. You know, you're, you showed humility and that type thing. And as a result, they were eager to befriend you. And those friendships just kind of blossom from there. Yeah. And, and, and they maintain. I mean, I'm friends you go on my Facebook page. I mean, I was on there the other day looking for somebody, and I'm like, boy, I know a lot of guys in MLB. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah, it just it's it's been a it's been a great life. I mean, uh, you know, it started from, you know, basically nothing. I mean, you growing up in New York, obviously. I mean, uh, uh, you know, somebody asked me to write a book not too long ago, and one of the stories was, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn, and I, the only way I could explain it is the movie. Um, Bronx Tale, you know, in the, that little kid, Cologio. Well, that was me. I mean, he actually looked like me. And we played stickball in the street. Wow. And that's, that's all we played. We didn't have baseball bats. We didn't have wooden bats or hard balls. We had a, a little pink ball and a broomstick. And you had to hit a ball two sewers in the middle of the street. was a home run. <laughs> so great. you either got a base hit yeah. or two sewers. Awesome. So, you know, we moved from... Brooklyn to Arizona when I'm 15 going into high school and my dad's selling me on it he said you go to high school then have to play baseball on grass and you know <laughs> there's fences and scoreboards you know yeah. so first day I go out for practice I try out my freshman year and I get cut before I walk on the field hmm. <laughs> wow. so you taught them my shoes were in my hand you know, <laughs> I went Got home that night, dad being the full, full-blooded Italian, mm. he's eating dinner and how to practice go today. <laughs> Never looked up at me and I said, oh, I got cut. Never looked up, kept eating. He goes, how'd that happen? And he goes, you're a pretty good ball player in Brooklyn. And I go, well, I never got on the field. And he goes, what do you mean you never got on the field? I said, I got cut. Coach said I was too small. <laughs> he goes, well, that's how I raised you. Okay, just make sure you study. Go become a doctor or a lawyer. Do something, but you're not going to sit around and do nothing. So no, okay. So, but if I were you, I'd go back and demand the tryout tomorrow. Next day, tail between my legs, walking out to the ball field, and yeah. coach sees me, and you can see his head go down. Like, oh Jesus! <laughs> and I said, but you owe me at least a tryout. Freshman, of course, he says, okay, put your shoes on. He brings on his biggest lefty senior. Never saw the first pitch. It just went right by me. I was like, oh, Jesus, this is not going to be fun. <laughs> out of my league. Geared up a little bit. In the next five balls, I hit three into the pool and two off of the gymnasium. Oh, yeah, and awesome. he said, you're on the team. Go get your hat. <laughs> and the, sec the third ball that I had hit went over the pool and hit the gym. And he went to the other coach and he goes, Jesus Christ, how far do you think that went? And I turned around and said, I had to go at least two sewers. <laughs> yeah, two sewers. Not even, all not even remembering that. That was just natural. I said that. I had to go at least two sewers. And they were like, what? 
So that the lady, yeah. this lady wants me to ride a buck. She says it's got to be named Two Sewers. Oh, that's where yeah, we that's start. Great. You know, at, that's at where least we two start. Sewers. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so funny you say that because I saw a meme like on Facebook the other day, and it was these kids playing in the streets, you know, playing stickball actually, and like the one kid's like yelling car. Like, you know, get out of the way. Right, right, right. And it said, like, if you didn't, if this wasn't your childhood, you didn't live or something like that, you know. And I, I can remember, you know, doing those same type things. And <laughs> you do what you got to do when you're a kid, you yeah. know. And the, the, my, my neighbor that lived next door to me, uh, Chris Leone, another nice Italian boy, we, we're very close till today. And he always says, he goes, you were good because you went from the street with a skinny bat and a little ball. Yep. He said, and all of a sudden, you went out there, and you had this big barrel and this big white ball. He goes, you were in heaven. Yeah. He goes, <laughs> I'm sure. he goes, that was totally different, and he put it in perspective. He was right. Yeah, yeah, no I, doubt. I mean, you try to hit a, a ball that's, you know, two inches in diameter. It's, yep. it's, it's not hard. It's not easy to do. Not easy at all, no. And you do it every day. Yep. You know, so good training. Put it that way. I wish, uh, I wish more big league clubs would train that way. Yeah, no question. That's true. Well, you got the fungal bat, but I guess it's not the same thing. No, it's not know? the same thing. Yeah. 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 You got some shoots? I was going to say, is that is that what a lot of these Latin American players are growing up with? Not the greatest equipment and that kind of stuff. Is, and they can play you year-round. You something to do with which, it, right? Yeah. Well you, yeah. He, well, you hear these guys, you know, they, they come over and they say, they're, you know, we used a, a branch off a tree and a rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they're learning the way you, you did. You know, I mean, that's, yeah. you it's know. it's a, a really good point. A lot of them are doing the same thing, playing stickball, you know. I wish the kids today still played stickball, but you go back to Brooklyn now, there's nobody playing stickball right? in the streets. And now, huh. Why do you think that is? Phones, computers, okay. video okay. games. Video and... games. So that brings me to an interesting question then. Um, the, the sport of baseball in, in the States then, do you see there being a uh, decline in kids playing the sport and as a result? Yes. Go ahead. And I'm seeing it. For several reasons, uh, I'm start, and this is just my opinion. I'm seeing more kids go towards lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, less kids are playing football. Yep. Uh, baseball has become so competitive, and it's very expensive. So if your family does not have the money to pay for you to be on a travel team, and go to what they call showcases, it's hard to get noticed. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I go out and I still look at kids, and you know, I I help. I have a couple of college kids that I work with. Um, and I, the work ethic with, with 50% of the kids is awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other 50 are amazing. So on, uh, on that note, work ethic, do you think that's something that you're, is that something a, uh, a kid is born with? Is it something that's as a result of their upbringing? How do you, how do you think that is developed in a, in yeah. an athlete? You know, you have to love the game. First of all, um, you can't love it because your parents will love it. You have to love it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's the upbringing. Hmm. I think it's the, you know, the being able to go out there and, and knowing that you have to push yourself that much harder, mm-hmm. not how quick can I get, get out of here and get on my phone. Mm-hmm. I got to text my girlfriend, yep. you know. Um, yep. We never, I mean, we didn't have text, so we, but we last thing we thought about was we're girls. We we're like, all right, yep. now when we're home having pizza and wings, now we'll talk to the girls. We didn't care. You yep. know, we didn't want... It's different today. Totally. Um, there's so much peer pressure and, you know, weight rooms and, and trainers. And it's it, it's a totally different game today. Yep. Yep. And like you said, most kids are, you know, with the technology, the phone, the video games and all that stuff. I mean, they're they're so connected. Right. That way. 
like going out and you know going to the park and playing baseball with eighty of your buddies. That's the furthest thing from their mind, you know. Yeah, and we did it. I mean, every day we, yep. you know, in the summertime, seven o'clock in the morning, the sun came up. We were out, and we didn't come home. And you know, being in the Catholic community, we went home, and the church bells rang at five o'clock. Yeah, you knew you were having dinner. So when those bells started to ring, everybody scattered. Yeah, exactly. And my dad's rule was, you cannot go. For, you, you have to stay within yelling distance. So my dad, you know, he had a very powerful voice. And he's like, as long as you can hear me yell, you're okay. Other than that, you know, it's pretty much free for all, you know. And it was the same thing. Every day you're out playing baseball with your buddies or doing whatever. And that's just, it's such a, I don't know, it's a shame. But unfortunately, it's not the case anymore. No, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, did our parents say the same thing when we were growing up? You know, did we do? Did we not do something they did as kids? I mean, I try to try to equate it to music. Yeah. You know, like I listen to the music today, and I'm like, oh, this stuff is shit. Yeah, I agree. But now, did our parents say, oh, these Beatles and Rolling Stones are awful? Mm -hmm. Like their parents said, who's Elvis Presley? This guy is disgusting. Right. And then their parents said, who's Frank Sinatra? This guy's ruining music. So did it evolve that way? I mean. I don't know. I, I I can't make that de- that decision. I mean, yeah, it's interesting. But the sport has the sport changed? Do you think? Yes, the sport has changed. Um, the sport has changed. You know, it it has, but it hasn't. You know, and the way I phrased this the other day, I was actually with Pete Rose, and we were talking, and I said, you know, it's still they give you a round ball, give you a round bat, and they ask you to hit it square. That hasn't changed for 150 years. Um, It's gotten faster. The guys are bigger. Um, I just think the the approach is is different. You know, uh, the shift. You know. uh, The shift, right? (laughs) uh, You can't block home plate anymore. Thanks a lot, Buster Posey. You don't don't pitch. You know, you don't throw four balls. Now you just nod and the guy goes to first. You know. And these are all things, and I mean, I was a catcher, so I, I, you know, I saw things. You know how many times you intentionally walk somebody, and then the pitcher can't find the plate after that? Yeah. You know, because now you're asking him to just lob it all, you know, and now he's all confused. Mm -hmm. And and that happens more times than not. So why are we just to speed up the game? You're not speeding up the game. Now you have instant replay on everything that happens. Yeah, so true. Because, I mean, people's attention spans have gotten so short. Again, as a result of technology, I think, you know, yeah. so everyone's like, well, we got to get through this game. So that can't be a three hour game. It's got to be a two and a half hour game, yep. whatever. Yep. And I, is, I, I don't know if that's doing the game any justice by doing that, because just like you said, there's things are taking away that are actually part of the game, like the intentional walk. You know, a pitcher, if he has to actually throw four balls and then has to settle back in and, you know, lean into the next batter and. Who knows? You know, he could lose a little bit of control for whatever reason, whether it be mentally or physically or whatever. But, you know, those intentional walks are part of the game. Yeah. I mean, it's and it's, you know, we had this conversation with a big league coach two years ago and he sat down with me and he said, Larry, what would you change if you could change anything right now? What would you change? And I said, all right, just don't, you know, don't quote me on it. I see now. And I said, the first thing and it goes right to the concession stand. We'll get there. I said, the first thing I would do is eliminate all AstroTurf. Mm-hmm. I said, that's hurt more guys than helped. Yep. I said, the second thing is I'm taking off. Well, first of all, he said, why, ta- why the AstroTurf? I said, because how many times in the home field, when you have a ground ball pitcher, 
did the groundskeeper forget to mow the grass that day? Yep. You know, the ball slows down, yep. you know. Um, you make the lines, the first base lines thicker if you have Ricky Henderson button, so the ball's going to stay in. Hmm. You know, it's not a flat line. It's a little bit, just a little bit thicker. <laughs> you know, the roof. Why That's do you awesome. have to have a roof? I don't understand it. Chicago, New York, Boston, where the weather is the shittiest in the yeah. world, it's open. You come to Arizona, it's got a dome that never opens. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, it doesn't make sense. Well, it's too hot. Well, it's hot in Texas. They have an open open field. True. You know, so I would change those aspects of the game and then go back to beer, hot dogs, peanuts, popcorn. We don't need sushi. We don't need pizza. We don't need <laughs> sub sandwiches. No, it's a it's America's game. Go back to what it was: hot dogs, beer, and coke. Keep it simple, right? Yeah. Now you're speaking and, my language. And uh, you know, he and the, the coach looked at me and he goes, "Yeah, I can't argue with you." He yeah. goes, "You know." And then I said, and then the other things, blocking home plate. I said, "Guys have been blocking home plate since Abner Doubleday in 1879. Yeah. One guy breaks his leg." I said, how come they didn't change that rule when, when uh, Pete Rose ran over Ray Fossey back in Ray 1971? In an all-star game, we, yeah. didn't, we didn't change it. Uh, so why are we changing it now? Because he brought, hey, listen, Buster Posey's one of the greatest catchers of all time. Sorry to see that happen to him, but mm -hmm. that's part of the game. I said, if a guy runs into the wall going after a foul ball, you're going to remove the wall now? Hmm. No. Yep. You're going to leave it there. Interesting. So you know, there's a lot of things that, that changed the shift. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in – here's my deal. I hit left-handed. If you were to put four guys on the right side of the field, I'll bunt all four, all four times. Yep. I, and you're, you're, you're giving me something. Ted right. Williams would have had – you know, he tried to hit through the shift, you know, because he had an ego. He was yeah. that good, though, too. Yeah, <laughs> he could do it. Yeah. But I'd like to see them do this with uh, Keith Hernandez – uh, Don Mattingly, Wade Boggs, go ahead and put four guys over there and see what happens. The guys yeah. are going to hit 600. Tony Gwynn? Yeah. Tony Gwynn's eyes were lit up. Yeah. Yep. So Why isn't that happening in today's game? I mean, because I mean, I, the shift is taken over. I mean, there's a shift in every play, it seems well, like. And, and when I see, like you say, they put four guys on the right side of the infield, why, why are the batters not capable of doing what you just suggested? Well, they they are. Um, you got to realize too that they're going to pitch you inside. They're not going to mm -hmm. pitch you away. So you, but this is also an advantage now. Now I, I know I'm going to see something on the inner half of the plate. Yeah. There's no way they're pitching me outside because I'm going to take it the other way and I'm going to run forever. Yeah, true. So you know it's such a balance. I mean, it goes. You could argue this all day long. Yeah. You know, like again, they did do the Ted Williams shift in the '40s. Yep. Mm -hmm. It was there, but they only did it for him. It was, they didn't do it for Mantle. They didn't do it for Stamp Usual. Yeah. You know, it, 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 that's how the game has changed. It's all about metrics now. Well, I was just going to ask you about the analytics. Uh, yeah. And that's like Moneyball, of course. Yeah. You know? I mean, I love that movie. I mean, you tell you tell us. I mean, is there – I mean, teams that invest heavily in that, do they have any sort of advantage to the teams that maybe don't put as much value in that? You know, there's something to be said for the analytics. I mean, it is a game of numbers. So, but I think they've gotten so far into it and and got into guys' heads that it's no longer a game now. I mean, every you look at every play, watch the next baseball game, even preseason. I was at a preseason game today. Guys have little scorecards in, in their pocket and every pitch. Oh, okay, well, this might be a slider down and in, so that means you're going to pull it this way, so I'm going to take two steps this way. So... But I'd like to know how often it actually really works. Right. Yep. 
you know, mm-hmm. or is it just is it gonna are, you, are we gonna have Billy Martin gonna gonna rise from the dead and, and all of a sudden be managing again and say, go ahead, shift. Right. We're gonna we're gonna go the other. We're gonna bunt. Nine guys are gonna bunt on you. So okay, I like the direction this is going. <laughs> so <clears throat> the the guy in the outfield, like I said, you know, he's got the card. You know, he's got the analytic information on the batter. He knows what the pitch is called, whatever. He makes an adjustment in the outfield or in the infield, whatever. So to the batter that's kind of giving it away as well, right? Like he sees the outfielders just, he sees the infielders just, he, in that case, might know, okay, this pitch is going to be on the outside corner. They're going to pitch me inside or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's there's a little bit of giveaway there. And, uh, you know, of course, the whole thing that's happened with the Astros and everything, and, you know, I think stuff like that, and you know better than anybody sitting at this table, has been going on forever to a certain degree. Yeah. Maybe not to the extent that they did it, but I think, you know, there's a certain level of, and I hate to use the word cheating in baseball, that, you know, you can get away with, like an unwritten rule of some sort. You know, there's a competitive edge. Competitive edge, per se. I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, that's been going on, and I, I've said this a thousand times cheating, competitive, I'm going to use cheating. I don't, you know, I don't like competitive edge. Uh, it's been going on since Shoeless Joe Jackson and those guys. I mean, uh, I, Bobby Thompson, when he hit the home run off of Ralph Branca, you know, years later they said that there was a guy in the bullpen with binoculars that tipped off the pitch. Wasn't it like a telescope or something? Yeah, so, I mean, (laughs) and it's been going on forever. I mean, what's the difference if a guy on second is going to his ear and that means a fastball's coming because he saw the guy drop a one, Mm -hmm. the catcher drop a one? That was cheating, okay? But this is to a different level now. I mean, I'm not so sure if Altuve didn't have something underneath his jersey that was, you know, all of a sudden he yeah, got buzzed and it's a fastball. Or and I talked, you know, with Steve Garvey not recently, and Steve said I would love to have known if it was going to be a fastball or just a curveball. He goes, you, you narrowed it down to two pitches. He goes, when I was playing, it's four or five pitches. Hmm. You know, you don't know what you're getting. He said yeah. I would, I would hit 600 home runs. Wow. You know, so. Yeah, it's gotten a little bit out of control with, I mean, with the cheating. I don't know. I don't even think we have been told how in-depth this really was. I yep. think they're trying to save the face of baseball a little bit. Because yep. um, they said what the guys were banging on the, on on the, the garbage, garbage can. can yeah. Well, I got to tell you what. If I'm in a batter's box, you'd think I'm listening to a garbage can. Yeah. I got enough to worry about with a guy throwing 97. Yeah, no and I got a guy banging on the garbage can. So I'm not buying that a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But well, the numbers speak. I mean, I'm, I don't quote me on the numbers, but I think the Astros hit 360 at home and 167 on the road. Wow. There, so, was, there was something last night on MLB Network. Tom Verducci, Clayton Kershaw is a great pitcher. The 2017 World Series, they said he threw 51 sliders or curveballs. Not a single one was a swing and a miss. Hmm. That, so they, that's so got to tell you something. So they, they were laying off the off-speed yeah. pitch. They were sitting on the fastball. So, yeah, a lot more is going to come out about this. Um, listen, you can take care of it going forward. You know, people. I hear people tell me all the time, well, they got to strip them, mostly Dodger fans, we got to strip them of their title. No. And I said, do you know a can of worms that's going to open up? And mm. they said, no, just take away the – I said, these guys all have World Series rings. Now you got to make the new ones, which is not a big deal. I said, but what about the $175 billion that was bet on the World Series? Do you oh. return that money to those people? Because now the Dodgers won. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you return that money? 
Oh, my God. There's going to be a class action suit against somebody saying, listen, I had a <laughs> ticket and I won, but I didn't get paid. So it's best they just let this thing go. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, there's going to be some Astros that are going to get plunked yep. all year long. Yep. Well, let, may- me, let me ask you that with bringing that up. Uh, Manfred's come out and said no intentional throwing at players. There's going to be suspensions, blah, 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 blah. Is that just specifically? I know he's using it as a guise of the entire Major League Baseball system, but is that to protect the Astros specifically? Do you yeah. feel? Well, and now with that, do they have the advantage of guys are going to be afraid to pitch him inside? Right, if um, one gets away from you, he should have never done that. You know, it is what it is. Um, I mean, I saw guys get hit for for sillier reasons than that. You're right. It's an, it, now the, you know guys are going to be afraid to pitch inside. So now that's that's taken away from the pitcher's advantage. Mm-hmm. So now the Astros have an advantage. You can't just say don't throw it. Don't throw at anybody. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's part of the game. Part it, of the it's going to. Yep. How do you discern if it's intentional? You don't. Yeah. You don't. The only way you can tell is if somebody hits a home run and and he flips the bat in the air and dances to first base, and then he deserves to get hit. I was going to say mm-hmm. that guy deserves to yeah. get hit. Yeah. Or Chase um, Utley taking out Ruben Tejada. You know. I mean, yeah. I I would not want to be getting into the batter's box against Clayton Kershaw if, if I were uh, an Astro. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that guy throws you know 100 miles an hour and yeah. he's halfway to home plate by the time he releases it. Yeah. So do, do you think it's being handled as well as it could be handled? Or are there some things? Because, I mean, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, they're not going to return everybody's money that, you know, bet all that money in the $175 billion or whatever it was. Um, I mean, what is it, is it being handled as well as it can be, do you think, at this point? Yeah, other than the don't throw on anybody. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they find the, the, the team as the, the cap as much as they can. I think it was $50 million. Five was million. The, was it five million? That's it. That's all they can find them based on the players' union and everything. So oh, well. they they did everything that they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really nothing. I mean, what more can you do? You find them. You can't start suspending guys because you don't know for sure if that what they were really doing. Yeah, you're assuming they were cheating. Yeah. Now. Yeah, and I, I hope stories don't come out from, you know, years past. Like, well, well, we were doing this back in, you know, the 80s, and we were doing this, and we were doing this, whatever. And I just got to let it go, you know? I mean, baseball's America's greatest game, as exactly. they say. Exactly. Why, well, why are we trying to muddy it up? I mean, yeah. you know, I was talking to somebody yesterday. I said, and I love this guy, Gaylord Perry. Hmm? He cheated every time he played. <laughs> yeah. he had a, I mean, he literally had the bottle of Vaseline sitting on the pitching rubber. I mean... <laughs> You know, That's and awesome. and they were I mean guys, you know, a guy scraping the ball up and good old Phil uh, Negro trying to sneak it out of his yeah. back pocket. Yeah, <laughs> so right that, yeah. I mean, it's been going on forever yep. in separate ways. I mean, I knew catchers that would uh, their shin guard, they would sharpen the clip, and they'd get the ball and scrape it and oh. throw it back to the pitcher. And now he had the little lace and boom, he, all of wow. a sudden the ball's dancing. So awesome. don't, don't give away the secrets. <laughs> Those are old secrets. They, they don't do that anymore. So. You know, listen, it's been going on for 100 years. It's going to go on for another 100 years. Um, yeah, you got to take the technology out of it. Yeah. I mean, um, you, you shouldn't be allowed to have computers anywhere within within reach. Right. Yeah. You know, just like I said, make it a game again. Yep. We don't need computers. Now, a couple of follow-up questions as far as the cheating, and then I'll leave it alone after that personally. Uh, the Red Sox punishment hasn't come out yet. What's your opinion of what they're going to find, what they're going to say? Complete opinion, guess. You, I know you don't have any inside information yeah, or anything like um, that. But. 
you know, they already got rid of the coach. Yep. You know, he's been canned already. I don't know what they're going to find. I don't know what they have. I haven't even really heard. Uh, it'll probably, my guess would be, it'd be the $5 million fine. Maybe take away a couple of draft picks. And they already, uh, the GM's already gone. GM's already gone. And, and the coach is gone. Yeah. So, I mean, you've done, and you can't, you know, you can't blame the players. Players are getting paid to, to play ball, and they're being told what to do. Mm-hmm. So somebody says, listen, here comes a fastball. You're going to step out of their batter's box and say, no, nah, I don't want to know. Yeah. No, you, it's an advantage. Yeah. You want to know. True. But the bottom line is, I don't give a shit what's coming. And you know what's coming. You still got to hit it. Yeah. You yeah. still got to put it in play. No doubt. You know, and these are all great ball players. They're great athletes. And they're nine times out of ten, they're going to hit it hard somewhere. They're not going to pop it up. So it's in competitive advantage. Mm. We'll see what happens with the Red Sox. I mean, I heard, you know, squirming that, you know, Minnesota hit about 150 points higher at home than they did on the road last year, and they led Major League Baseball in runs scored. Mm-hmm. So there's some grumbling going on that, hey, you know, Minnesota might have been doing something. So do you really want to black eye baseball again and have to have McGuire and Sosa come back and save us? <laughs> Yo, sweep it under the carpet, let it go. The team won the World Series. They got it. Let a couple of guys get one off the dome and yep. move on. Yeah. yeah. And then the last question, I'll let it go, is do you think that Carlos Beltran kind of took a bad rep? Because he was a player at the at that time, and now he was the only player named in that. Why was that? And now he's a manager. He was a manager as a Mets fan. Well, he was with Cora, so they were in on this together. Well, he so. was playing, though, still. Yeah. So... Um, they, I, I assume they brought that over, saying that he was the, he was part of, of what was transpiring, and he mm-hmm. brought that over to the. He didn't, they didn't want to bring him over to the next team and do that again. Mm-hmm. So, so, like I said, there's more that we don't know between Cora Beltran and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if, if there was a, if he didn't think he was wrong, he would have filed a grievance with the union. No, he went quietly into he the night. He just, he's, you know, and who knows? He might have got a, might have got a paycheck and said, "Go right. away." And hey, right. he's an undefeated manager for my New York Mets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, they knew enough on him that maybe we don't know. Right. Um, that got him canned. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Like I said, there's a there's a, a ton we don't know. Sure. And sure. and when we don't need to know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, baseball. All this being said, you know, this black eye, the black eyes in the past. There's going to be black eyes in the future, and it's still America's greatest game. Yep. And I, I know it's played a huge part in your life. Um, talk to us a little bit about that. No, it's just you know, it, it kept me out of trouble. I mean, you know, when you're growing up, you, you're, there's two ways to go. You can take the, the right way, and you can take the left way. And you know, uh, I took the right way, which is, was being involved in baseball and trying to learn as much as I could every day. Um, knowledge, you know, I, I try to be like a professor of the sport. I, I absorbed a lot. I listened a lot. And it, it kept me on the, you know, it had, that helped me get through college. It helped me get through school. And then, you know, getting to meet the people that I got to meet. You know, like I said, you, you and Megan come over the house and see. I mean, I've got pictures of me and Mickey Mantle on the wall. I mean, the greatest guy I ever met. Um <laughs> You know, Yogi was awesome. Uh, Dennis Rasmussen, one of my best friends in the whole world. He pitched 13 years in the big leagues. Uh, you know, it's just opened a lot of doors. I mean, it, and it's it's created a lot of opportunity for me. I mean, look, look, right now I'm sitting with you guys, mm-hmm. you know. 
talking about baseball on the air. I mean, this is great. I personally um, have been excited about it all day. <laughs> well, I, I, I hope I uh, <laughs> no, didn't you, let you, you down. You are fulfilling. Well, I got one question to, to kind of go backwards a little bit on go the ahead. rule changes. Uh, this one about a pitcher has to face at least three batters. My favorite thing about baseball is that there's no time clock. It's 27 outs, and my son just cannot comprehend that yet. He's only six years old. He's like, when's the game over? I'm like, 27 outs. Once that last out, he's like, what time is that? I'm like, there is no time. And then extra innings, there was that Diamondbacks game I watched until like 1 o'clock in the morning last year. Um, How do you feel? I don't like personally this three-batter rule. Tony La Russa would just quit today if that rule came through and he was still managing. What's what's your opinion of it? I hate it. You're You're taking an advantage away from this team. Because people don't have an attention span. I mean, some teams have a, a, a pitcher that is only good to do certain things. Locally, it's Andrew Chafin. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, you bring the guy in to face Mark McGuire because McGuire, for some reason, can't hit your curveball. You bring him in, you get him out in the eighth inning, and the guy goes and sits down. Yeah. To, to, to have to, you shouldn't be able to told be told what you have to do. Yeah. You know what? You have a roster. You have a lineup, you have a bench coach. You should be able to do whatever you want to do, and nobody should be able to dictate how long a pitcher pitches, or how long a you know a player can stay in a game. I mean, bad enough the agents are involved with all that. Well, I don't want my guy throwing 109 pitches tonight. You know, if we need him to throw 150 pitches tonight, we're going to do it. Yeah, you that's know, what we're paying him. Could for. you imagine telling Bob Gibson, "You're right. Listen, you had 110 pitches. You got to come out." I wouldn't want to have been the one that went out there and tell him he has to come out now. So, you know, it, it, I think the agents have, have changed the game a little bit. And uh, But you, to answer your question, dumbest rule I ever heard. All right. Dumbest I, I rule. I am in 100% agreement with you on that yeah. one. So I, I forgot about it because I hate and it so I, much and, and, and I had to bring it up. I'll throw it out there now. I hate pitch counts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hate pitch counts. Yeah. And these, the guy's done. He's, he's these done. Are, these are grown men. These are professional athletes. They're in great shape. Um, and, um, you know, your catcher will tell you he's got nothing left. Yeah. That was your job. That's exactly it. You know what? He's got nothing left. His curveball's hanging. His fastball's up. It's time to get him out of the lineup right now. Not, oh, he's got 106 pitches? Hmm, and the average is 107, so let him throw one more pitch, and then we'll bring him out of the game. No. Yeah, Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And baseball's probably like the most cerebral sport, right? Of yeah. all the major sports, for sure. Yeah, that's why I like it so much. Because yeah. I'm just so smart. It's in opinion of National League versus American League, designated hitter. Ah, uh, you know what? I I like it. Uh, I I like to have you know, that, that that mixture. Um, you know, I basically really don't know anything else. I mean. I, 1971, I was like six. So when the, Ron Bloomberg was the first DH, like I didn't even know what that was. Yeah, you know, I just remember that he swung from his ass and swung <laughs> so hard, and he either yeah. hit it out of the yard or he struck out. Yeah. So he would be perfect for today's game. Yeah, he would be absolutely. Well, in right field in Yankee Stadium, the old Yankee Stadium was 235, so you could pop one up and it carry and right it's, out, and, and it's a home run. So yeah, I, I like I like the change. Um, like I said. Uh, it's it's and it's good for the game, you know, because in the World Series now, you know, your pitcher has to hit in the National League park, mm-hmm. yeah. and then advantage to the National League team. Now your pitcher gets to sit, and you got your best hitter on, you know. So it, it I like it. 
I, I don't want him to do it in both leagues. I would right. never want to see that. I mean, that would really just change the game. You know, I, I have a fear that someday they're going to say, all right, now the American League, no DH, but the National League, now mm. you have it, you know. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, and it extends some guys' careers, too. Oh, absolutely. You know, oh. Which is kind of cool. Jeff Bagwell, great example of it, yep. you mm-hmm. know. Yep. So, but however, I have to again as a Mets homer. The National League gave us Bartolo Colon hitting a home run, <laughs> the longest trot around the bases in history. Uh, there you go, and he's still pitching. He's pitching in Mexico. Oh, man. Is he really? He just signed. I think he signed a million dollar contract. <laughs> How old is he? Nobody knows. Nobody really knows. I don't even think he knows. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, you mentioned earlier, you know, like you're more of a smaller stature guy, and there's bigger guys and everything. Do you think there's an advantage? I mean. You know, physically. I mean, I think there's some advantage to being a smaller guy in baseball, and there's also some advantages to being a taller guy or a bigger guy in baseball. What, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, um, just you know, look at Altuve. Him and I yeah. are about the same size. He might be an inch taller than me. Smaller strike zone. Mm-hmm. It, it and that will that will sometimes tend to throw a pitcher off. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, no advantage. You know, I I liked fat, fastballs up, and being five foot six, I saw a lot of fastballs up. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you adapted to it. Then. Yeah. Just I became mean, really I, good at hitting those. Yeah. You yeah. know. So really no advantage. I mean, yeah. it's all about, you know, picking out the right pitch and hitting it somewhere. Yep. Yep. And usually like smaller guys maybe don't have as much power right. as the bigger guys because their their bat speed is faster. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, a, a taller guy just like in golf, you know, his swing is so much like longer it's lumbering lumbering right. yeah right and then let the smaller guys go gap to gap yeah. you know mm-hmm. yep. try to hit the ball in the gap yep. um don't try to hit the ball out when you do i mean it's right it's a rarity you yep. don't you don't know how to run around the bases yeah <laughs> <laughs> right now i know earlier you said you didn't want to give out your age but in a, a, a lifetime of baseball quick question as far as the player that you never got to see play live that you wish you could and the favorite best player that you have seen live in your lifetime i would have loved to have seen mickey mantle play uh and only because i heard stories from other players that said when he hit the ball it sounded like no other hmm. and i mean i heard guys yogi said it most scourin said it hank bauer um stam usual they all said when mickey hit the ball it was like no other sound. So I wish I would have saw that. And they said, you know, he still has the fastest time from, I think, third to fir- from first to third. Oh, wow. Uh, nobody's broken that record yet today. Hmm. So he holds, you know, he was very fast. So, um, yeah, I would have loved to have seen him play. And uh, the greatest guy, you know, that's a loaded question because somebody's <laughs> asked me that too. <clears throat> they say, well, greatest, you know, greatest center fielder you ever saw play the game. Well, my answer is everybody shakes their head. I I said Fred Lynn. Nobody covered the outfield like Freddie Lynn. Yeah. Um, you don't have to say your greatest, just your favorite. My that favorite you, that you've seen. That I've seen play. We'll unload um, the question a little bit. Yeah, my <laughs> favorite that I've seen play. You know, it, it, growing up, it had to be Bobby Mercer. Um, mm. He just did everything. Yeah. You know, he had a lot of speed and he played every day. He played hurt. He hit left-handed. Yeah. Um, he was your kind of guy. I saw, him, I, saw him, him. Hit, I saw him hit four home runs in a doubleheader. Oh, wow. You know, back, uh, in a row. Nice. Yeah, that's he awesome. Last two at-bats in the fir- his first game and hit the first two at-bats in the second game. Wow, that's amazing. So, yeah, probably Bobby Mercer. I mean, the greatest player I've ever seen play the game is Mike Trout. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable that guy's guy. incredible. 
what about the, uh, the the tools? So do you think that the bats have changed? And, you know, they talk about, like, juicing the baseball or putting in a humidor and all this stuff. I mean, do those things, I mean, the, the bats, let's start with that. Do you think the, the, the structure, the type of wood or whatever of the bats has changed over the course of the years? Yeah. Well, the technology. Yeah. The, the bats are harder. They are. You're not, how many, when was the last time you saw somebody break a bat? Yeah. I haven't seen it in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bats are definitely harder. Um. There's now there's maple, oak, yep. birch. I mean, back Ash. in the day, you had one bat. That was it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, that, and if you broke it, you had to borrow somebody's. You know, right. uh, you know people don't realize you being a Met fan. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, when Bucky Dent hit the home run to beat the Red Sox in that playoff game, he broke his bat, hmm. and he went to the dugout to get a bat, and Mickey Rivers handed him his bat. Mm-hmm. So he hit that home run with Mickey Rivers' oh, bat. Wow. Did you see how he left out the uh, key of Bucky Dent's name there? What's that? <laughs> his middle name. What is it? Uh, you don't know that? No. You don't know it? In Boston, his Boston. middle name is Bucky fucking Dent. Oh. Because yeah. he beat him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, he's a legend there for the wrong uh, reasons. So, yeah. so That's And funny. these guys all have bat contracts, so they have, you mm. know, 900 bats. So, you know, you break one, you got another 899 bats. You know, back in the day, the guys had two bats. You broke right. one, you had to go borrow one. <laughs> have you seen like Mookie Betts and a couple of these guys that have like an axe handle at the bottom of their bat yes. now? Yeah. I, I, would you I, would you have used something no, like that? Absolutely not. So absolutely what's, what's the purpose not. of that? Is that like for bat speed or something? Is that what it's supposed it's, to do? It's got to be just for grip, I would assume. Yeah, so right. They, so I'm so surprised they, they allow it to be. So honest that with they you. they could grab the bottom of the, so the you know they're not the knob is not stopping you. You're be able to grab on the bottom of it. Oh, I did not know that. So you get a little hmm, little, long, little longer bat. Nah. Wow. Another competitive advantage. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so uh, you said that the greatest player you've seen is Mike Trout. Would you say if he continues on this trajectory, he would be the greatest of all time? Yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, you know, um, he's 25 years old, I think. That's crazy. I think he's 25 or 26, and he's got almost 300 homers already. Yeah. yeah. And he's got a good 10 years left, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and yeah, people going to be up there. Yeah, and people don't realize how uh, um, great defensively he is. He doesn't get any accolades for that, but he covers a lot of ground out there. Yeah, he he um, did like the first few years when he was jumping the wall and yep. grabbing them, and yeah. he's kind of calmed down and he's just quietly good. Yeah, he just he just gets the job done. He's very steady. He seems like a really good guy. He is. He yeah. is. I was I actually met him for the first time. Last week. Okay. Very humble, very, you know, hey, what can I get for you? What do you need? You know, really good guy. Yeah, that's good to know. I like to hear that about guys. Um, Let's talk about the Hall of Fame just real briefly. Okay. Um, Pete Rose deserves to be in. Absolutely. Agreed, 100%. No doubt. I mean, guy had over 4,000 hits. Yeah. Major League Baseball and the Hall of Fame are two separate entities, correct? It's It's a Hall of Fame museum that they're just associated with Major League Baseball. So him being banned from Major League Baseball does not necessarily keep him out of the Hall of Fame. Correct? Yeah, but ma- they've made that choice. The ma- Hall of Fame. Major League Baseball has to vote him in. Yeah, the writers. And and mm-hmm. he is out of baseball, so you can't be voted in if you're out of baseball. Okay. If they put him back in baseball as an active player, mm-hmm. he can be voted in. Uh, let's do that. What about as a coach? Would that be considered being active in Major League Baseball? Yes, yes. He's not allowed. I mean, he's not even allowed in, as far as I know, even in the ballparks. He has to get special permission to be in a ballpark. God. What that's, a pain. That's ridiculous. That's unfortunate. Um, Barry Bonds? Yeah, another can of worms. Uh, yeah. Again, you know, uh, 
obviously did some things he shouldn't have done. Um, but still, you, you got to hit the baby. You still you, round ball, round bat, hit it square. Yeah. And he technically never got caught, correct? No, it no. Wasn't, well, it, it wasn't against a, the rules. It wasn't at that against point. the rules at that point, right? I mean, you could say Jose Canseco. I mean, forty forty guy. You guys stole forty bases at forty homers. Yeah. That's yeah. You know that means you got to be on base eighty times. Yeah. Yep. You know, and I guess McGuire's probably in that same category. McGuire's though. in that same category. Sosa's in that same category. Rafael yeah. Palmero. Palmero, yeah. Um, Roger Clemens. Yep. I mean, you know, hey, the, the, these guys performed on the field. And my opinion about steroids, and this is just my opinion, I may get sued from the, <laughs> but it, it didn't make you a better ball player. It kept you on the field longer. Mm-hmm. It kept you from, you know, you had a little twinge in your knee, the steroids, you know, oh, I feel good today. Right. You know, it, it just kept you playing longer, not made you a better ball player. Right. Are you a big fan of John Sterling? Um, yeah, he's a, I mean, I, neither here nor there. Okay. As you an know. absolute Yankee hater, I, I that guy's darn good on the radio. Yeah. Susan Waldman, on the other hand. See, we, you know, no, no, don't, don't, <laughs> we don't want to go down that road. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Sterling, you know, yeah, again, I, you know, I grew up, my uh, announcer was Phil Rizzuto, oh, yeah. you know, so, yeah. and he was unique. He was like Vince Scully. So, mm-hmm. you know, and he would give you the, you know, well, here's what I would have done today. You know, <laughs> and he called guys huckleberries, you know, that huckleberry awesome. didn't run that thing out. You know, I would have benched him right away, you know, mm-hmm. as he's drinking a little vodka, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, the good old days. You know, yeah. And, and, and Sterling is just, you know. He's a year 2000 announcer. He does a really good job. He's very knowledgeable. Yeah. And he's exciting to listen to. Sure. What would his home run call be for you? There wouldn't be one. <laughs> Believe me. It would probably be, holy shit. <laughs> uh, so I... Uh I have uh, the list of uh, the top 10 best Yankees of all time. I want to see if you disagree with any of these. Okay. Uh, Babe Ruth. Number one. Yep. Lou, yep. Lou Gehrig. Yep. Mickey Mantle. Yep. Joe DiMaggio. Yep. Uh, Mariano Rivera. I'll keep going. Yogi Berra. I'd put Yogi before Mariano. Uh, Derek Jeter. Yep, right there. Uh, Whitey Ford. I'll keep going. Reggie Jackson. And Alex Rodriguez. Just leave that last one off. Yeah. You know what? A-Rod really didn't do a whole lot with the Yankees. <laughs> I mean, he really didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting he makes the list. He just took a lot of their money as yeah, a Yankee. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you yeah. know, he just he didn't do he didn't get it done. Yeah, he Roger not, Clemens, Annie Pettit, they did more for the Yankees. Just off the top of my head, Paul O'Neill. Well, I mean, and, and, and people are going to disagree with this, but Roy White still owns like six Yankee records that nobody's ever going to break. Wow, you know, um, that's a name you don't hear very often. Yeah, so I hmm. mean. You know, Roger Maris, even though he mm. wasn't there very long. Right. You know, uh, what about Bill Dickey? Probably Yankees' yep. greatest catcher. Yeah. You know, but you get, definitely got to stick with Ruth, Gehrig, Barra. Yeah. You know, Whitey Ford, I mean, people don't realize Whitey Ford did not, wasn't in a regular rotation. Hmm. Casey Stengel would pitch him when he needed him. Okay. So it wasn't like every fourth day he handed him the baseball. Yeah. He would go six, seven days without pitching, and all of a sudden they're playing the Dodgers. Okay, Whitey, you got the ball today. Mm. Interesting. And then another one that was short was Thurman Munson. Yeah, yeah. And, and he might, you know, they're talking about putting him in the Hall of Fame. It's been, really? you know, it's been bounced around a little bit. What do you bit. think about that? I, I think, I mean, he would have been phenomenal. He was phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, he was a leader. Yeah. He's the reason why they won those World Series against the Dodgers those few years. Mm. I mean, 
you talk to the old guys like Bucky Dent and uh, Willie Randolph, and they said that you know, Red. I mean, he was like he was the key to the team. He was the leader. That's why he was the mm-hmm. captain. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that was a shame, no doubt. Um, what else? How do you how do you define success? I define success when you wake up in the morning, you're happy. You know, you could have, you can hit 900 home runs and have $17 million in the bank and you're not successful. Yep. I mean, a great example of that right now, it happened, you know, recently. Mm -hmm. Kobe Bryant. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, how successful is his wife? Yeah. She's got three beautiful children and all the money in the world, but she doesn't have him. Yep, or one daughter, or or bet worse than that. That you know, losing yeah. a, using a kid. I mean, yeah. you could replace a husband, you can never replace a kid. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just being happy. You know, happy with yourself. Yep. A lot of that revolves around relationships. Yes. When you say, yeah, I mean, you know, your success if you have like all these great relationships with all these people that mean so much to you. Yes. Yeah. For you sure. know. Yeah. Make people happy around you and you'll be happy. I mean, it's a pretty simple formula, you yeah. know, uh, and be honest with people. Don't sugarcoat stuff. And I always tell people, I told somebody last night, don't ask me that question. Yeah. Why? You know, I said, it's kind of like with the girl asking, do I look fat in this dress? <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Well, yeah. that's the end of the night now. Yeah, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, you do. It looks like you're putting a three pound bologna in a one pound bag. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you don't wear that out tonight. But now your night's out. Yeah. So don't ask me a question that you I'm going to predetermine the answer right. you really want to ask me something like you said your 10 greatest yankees yep i said a rod shouldn't even be on there yep i don't i don't consider him in the top 25 greatest yankees right yep. you know so yeah as one of our uh, friend of the programs and a great philosopher by the name of glenn zinski likes to say one of his mantras is add value and make friends yep. he's like if i if every day if i add value and make friends i'm a happy guy and successful yep yeah, like, you know, Absolutely. success isn't all about money, and I try to instill that in my kids and mm-hmm. and friends. And you know, it, it, success is happiness. Yep, that's successful. If you're not happy, you're not successful. Absolutely, agree a hundred percent. Now, as a uh, experienced gentleman in life, is there something that you, if you could take a time machine and go tell your younger self, what would you what would you go back and uh, advise yourself on? Actually, it, it, you're gonna laugh. I, I think I would have studied hard in college instead of partying and instead baseballing. Of, yeah, well, yeah, instead of you know chasing sorority girls around the campus. Yeah, well, that's uh, way more fun than books. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I, now I'm not regretting it. I had a great <laughs> time. Um, you know, but yeah, I would I would like to be the CEO of some company making 19 million dollars a year and flying around on a corporate jet. Sure. That doesn't sound too bad. Oh, I was hanging out with Pete Rose. I yeah, just right. met Mike Trout. You know, yeah. I, I think I would be a little happier if that was my life. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm not complaining. Uh, believe me, I'm not, I, I've, I've got probably the greatest life anybody could ever ask of. You know, I got, yeah. you know, three wonderful, healthy kids and yep. um, I'm healthy, um, enjoying life. I get to do a lot of things that a lot of people don't get to do, mm-hmm. you yep. know, um, so I'm not complaining. Yeah, good for you. You know, you kind of set your out, yourself up for that throughout your life. You know, I'm sure the different life experiences, you know, led to another opportunity, led to another relationship. Absolutely. And uh, it just kind of snowballs, you know, once you get something positive rolling, it just goes. Yep. So, now, do you have a mantra that you live by? Like a... That value you make friends? Yeah, that was that was Glenn Abramowski's, <laughs> but... Yeah, you know, I, I, I usually do, like, if, if it comes up, 
you know, but not, you know, I don't wake up in the morning and say, you know, I just say, be happy. Yeah. You know, I thought he it's was going to pull right? a Yogi Bear on us and be like, if you come to a fork in the road, take it and something like that. <laughs> oh. Nobody goes there anymore. It's too crowded. One of those yeah. old time. Yeah, I wish he, he used them all up. I, I, I wish, you know. Oh, <laughs> uh, you could you could just plagiarize one. We won't tell anybody. Uh, that's great. <laughs> I don't have anything else. You got anything? I don't, I, if we want to talk baseball for another like two or three hours, <laughs> we got to record another show. Oh, <laughs> all right. I guess I guess I'm done. No. Larry, is there anything else that maybe we didn't touch on that you were hoping we would? Nope. We hit everything. Oh, hold I mean, on. 2020 World Series prediction. 2020 World Series prediction. I'm going to go on the limb. It is Chicago. Socks. Socks. Yep. I was out there today and yep. I saw their lineup and I got to tell you what, um, they are loaded, they yeah. are young, yep. and they are feisty. Yeah, they 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 got a little skip in their hop there and they're all playing around. I was like, I sat there and I was like, these yeah. kids got it. And you know, you got Keuchel, mm-hmm. yep, Gio Gonzalez, Kopech. yep, they, Giolato. Uh, yeah. uh, yeah, so you think you think they're the whole way? You know. Uh, and again, part of my pick was, you know, the Yankees are loaded. The Yankees are going to take it, but uh, and now you lost your, your number two starter today. It yeah, started, and so now, the, you know, last yep. year they had 37 guys on a DL throughout the year, and it's starting already. Yep. So, you know, you got to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think the Red Sox are going to give anybody a run for their money. I think Toronto may, may put a little pressure on the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, but I think it could, could come down to the Yankees and um, – the White Sox, and the White Sox uh, for the okay. you know for the American League. That's gonna hey, that'd be, be exciting. Going to be my guess, and I, I don't see the Do- the Dodgers are loaded, and you know they're a young club too. They got some young kids that are coming up that are filling in the gaps that they needed, and they're going to be loaded. You know, look out for the Braves. The Braves could be tough. Yep. You know, Ugh. could be exciting I mean, year. I mean, the first thing you know, everybody's in first place right now, so. Exactly. Remember how he said he doesn't sugarcoat anything? He couldn't even throw us a bone and be like, oh, the Cubs, the Mets, maybe will be decent. <laughs> you know what? He had to be too realistic on I us. I don't know about the Cubs. I mean, you never I, know I, about the Cubs. Yeah. You you just, I know. mean, you just don't know. I mean, new manager. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Right. And I'm not sure, you know, David Ross was the, the fix at all. Yeah. I thought Joe Madden's a much better manager. Have you ever met Joe just out of curiosity? Joe Madden? Yeah. Absolutely. I hear he's Absolutely. one of the nicest human beings on the planet ever. To get a yep. shot in a beer with him. I have a picture on my phone with him. <laughs> uh, well, why don't you send me that picture? I'm going to like Photoshop my face on that. <laughs> no, he's uh, you know definitely awesome. I was in yeah. in their clubhouse last last spring, mm-hmm. and uh, he I just went by to say hi to him, and he made me come to his office, sit down. It's so awesome. And he was going over. He had, he had some recruits that he was looking at on his computer. Hey, do you know this guy? Oh, what do you think about this guy? This, do you remember Dwight Taylor? Go, oh, yeah, I remember Dwight Taylor. Yeah. So, so yeah, great. he's a good guy. He's he's, awesome. he's one of the best. I, I wish him nothing but the best. Fantastic. Now, are you just still an avid Yankee fan, though? Yeah, I mean like, that's that's my team. When, I mean, now, when you say you had thirty-seven players on the DL last year, how did that feel? I get used to that every single year as well, a Mets fan. You know, it, it, it's it's <laughs> that's, that's, it just, that's just business as usual for us. <laughs> you know, every time you looked up, somebody was you know, oh, he's out. Oh, he's out. But. Um, Booney just plugged guys in the right spots. I mean, they won 100, what, 106 games last year? Yeah, you guys had a lot of guys come up and fill in just perfectly. Fill, yeah, great minor league system, and um, I think it's going to be that way this year, too. I really do. I mean, it can't happen again. I mean, not 37 guys again. Right. Yeah. You know, but guys can't, guys stepped up like uh, LeMayhew, 
Um, you know, came out of nowhere. DD played great when he came back. Yeah, he did. So, you know, everybody chipped in. I mean, Austin Romine behind the plate filled in for Sanchez. Great. So, no, it's you – know, this is why you build a farm team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, exactly. For, for that for that particular reason. You got to have that foundation. Yep. All right, I got one more, and then I swear. All right. Go one ahead. more. One more. All right. How upset are you that the one person didn't vote for Derek Jeter to get into the Hall of Fame? Oh, I thought it was ridiculous. I, I keep asking. I want to know who it is so I can slap him. Ugh, so Come dumb. on. As a Yankee hater, I got to respect that guy. You'd think he'd be unanimous. As somebody just... I think they thought they were going to make a name for themselves, but it turned ugly quickly, and they were like, yeah, we're not going to release that one. Yeah, no, that should have. When I saw that, I, I had to double take. I'm like, wait a second. Mariano got in, and granted, Mariano's the greatest closer of all time. Yeah. But Mariano, Mariano pitched, you know, he threw 100 pitches uh, in, in three months. Mm. Right. You know, Jeter was out there every day, hurt. Yeah. You, you didn't know when he was hurt. He wouldn't tell you. He played, played with broken fingers. You know, yep. stay with the Yankees the whole time. So no, that should have been one hundred percent. That yeah. was, that was that was ridiculous. And if you're listening to this, you're an idiot. You're for an doing idiot. That. <laughs> and if it's and, unanimous, and he does say the bats are harder, but I think that they're not breaking because Mariano's retired. That's yeah. that's part. I think he would have broke anybody's bat today. <laughs> oh man, so great. All, All right. right, now I'm done. I'll, All right, I'll, I'll take a breath. Oh. I cannot thank you enough for coming out here. This oh my is pleasure. Awesome. Yeah, we've uh, it's been great. Appreciate you being on, Larry. Not a problem. And, Anytime. Uh, really enjoyed talking to you. Uh, with that, I think we're probably ready to wrap this. Uh, yeah, put right. a bow on this one, huh? We gotta, we gotta thank Helton Brewing. This yeah. place is amazing. It's a little it's chilly. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah it's well. not as nice and cozy, warm as Studio One. Yeah, yeah, a little different atmosphere, but we still love being here. Um, as a reminder, check us out at uh, thegeoholics.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. Of course, we're up to about 250 members on our uh, Instagram page, which is pretty cool. And you can download all our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and Stitcher now, thanks to producer Jake. And last but not least, <laughs> email us at info at thegeoholics.com if you're interested in being a friend of the program or coming on as a guest on a future show. And we can't forget our app. Download the app. Download the app, absolutely. And Outlaw In-Law is taking us out with just another Outlaw. Thanks again, everybody. Until next time. All right. Thank you. Let's go baseball. Thanks again to our friends of the program. Please be sure to check out Land Surveyors United at landsurveyorsunited.com, Unifly at unifly.arrow, Bad Elf at bad-elf.com, and Parkland College at parkland.edu forward slash surveying.